Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and this is the monthly roundtable series that we've been doing the last few months on the show, thanks to the subscribers of the Derek Diamond Experience Patreon. And I've been excited for this one ever since it won the poll for December, and that would be to me, one of the greatest shows of the last 20 years, The Office. It has everything from drama, laughter, and just some cringeworthy, awkward moments regarding certain characters that I'm sure we're going to get into here in a bit. But joining me for this really fun roundtable, we have, returning to the show, the co-writer of the film Monsters Anonymous, award-winning comedy writer, Mr. Wally Phelps. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing today? Fantastic, fantastic. And also joining us, making his first appearance on the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, producer Josh Shinnewark. How are you, sir? Doing good. How are you? Good, good. Excited to to have you on. So I know uh, you and I have had a couple of conversations about this show. You're a, a big fan of The Office, so I thought you'd yeah, be I- a natural fit to to have on the show. So excited to have you on. I appreciate it. So let's just dive right in. So we're talking about The Office, the American version specifically, though I haven't seen the um, the British version. I've heard good things for the most part, but I, I've i seen like snippets of it. Have, have you guys seen anything about the, the British version at all? I've seen part of the first season. Um, it's a lot like the first season of the American version of The Office. So it's kind of... British humor, a lot really cringeworthy. Um, they kind of changed that with the second season, the American version of The Office. So, yeah. I... What about you, Wally? Yeah, I I saw the first episode of the British Office. Everybody, everybody told me I should watch it. And um, by everybody, I mean you know those strange subset of people who feel that no matter what it is, the British version's better. And I couldn't get through it all in one sitting. It took me like three days to watch the first episode. It, it, I just it didn't connect to me in the, in the same way as the American version. And I think it, a lot of it has to do with the, with the pacing really. Well, I know for me, and I, I didn't discover the show until it was probably in its later seasons. Uh, Steve Carell was still on the show when I was first introduced to it. And I watched the first season, and it's only, I think, six episodes long. But I had heard mm-hmm. all this hype about how great the show was and that it's, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, one of the best shows of the decade. So I was like, naturally, I have to check it out. And I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but after I watched the first episode, I'm like, this isn't good. Like I was bored. It was awkward and not in the good way. I felt the same way. I didn't on the entire first season was a slog for me. Uh, Because people kept on telling me I had to get through it in order to be able to enjoy the show. But it was one of those things where, um, the very first episode was just so uncomfortable and it just continued to be uncomfortable through that first season. 
in ways that it's not going forward. Uh, but it was, uh, but there are really good episodes in that first season. Uh, you know, like uh, Diversity Day is a good episode. And uh, otherwise, I, I really don't know if I would have continued with the show if it was the same all throughout the entire series. What about you, Josh? Did did you think the same thing about the first season? Uh, whenever I first started it, I actually didn't uh, watch all the first season. I like that, and then somebody else told me that you just got to push through the first one and see the second one. Um, and I, I would agree with that. Now, whenever I rewatch it, I actually skip the first season just because a lot of the characters are different. In the second season, they rewrote a lot of the everything of it, and. Um, it's just six episodes, so I, I feel like I don't really need to watch that to see the rest of the show. And that's kind of a thing about a lot of shows that I've discussed and you know with people in the past. Like I know Breaking Bad's another example of you know, you go back and you watch that show from start to finish. The first season isn't nearly as good as the others. It wasn't really until I felt season two when Breaking Bad kind of found its footing. And I, I definitely think that with The Office. When season I, was, I got to season two and the first episode was the inaugural Dundies awards that they did that's what hooked me when Michael Scott walks into Chili's dancing to Naughty by Nature's OPP I'm like I'm like that, that I'm in I'm in it, you know honestly it felt like a second pilot because it set up the rest of the series so well because to ha having the Dundies is a great way to introduce all the characters to us in a way that is much better than the, in my opinion, much better than the way we actually met them in that first season entirely. So we got to see the Jim and Pam dynamic, uh, the dynamic between her and her fiance. We got to see how Dwight was with Michael and how, you know, it, it, with the cringeworthiness of how he would go in and, and do things that are just that doesn't make any sense to anybody but himself where you know like when they said that oh everybody's family can come to this one <laughs> unlike the other ones and then it turns out oh you're also paying for all your food sorry i didn't tell you that before you got here it, you know it, it's and the way it ended with the you know i i feel god in this chilies is i'm like okay this the show is better than i thought it was going to be <laughs> i love it and i don't remember how many dundee episodes they did after that i know they did the michael's last dundies when they brought mm -hmm. uh will ferrell in for for his run which i i do want to chat about the the guest stars because they had a lot of great ones uh here in a bit but but um mm -hmm. Josh, what, what did you think of, uh, was the Dundies episode what kind of hooked you as well? It, it really was. Uh, seeing how they kind of rewrote a lot of the characters, they changed Michael Scott's character, Steve Carell's character a lot. They made him more relatable to some of the employees. The first season, you see him as not really caring about who he, his employees were. And this one, he cares more about them. And you can kind of see the employees have a more... Um, better relationship with him and I liked seeing that a little bit more it made some of his cringeworthiness a little bit better 
because at the end of the day, they knew that's who Michael Scott was. But the first season, they kind of just saw that and it didn't really work that well. Um, mm. So seeing that more in the second season. Well, and I feel like with that first season, specifically with the Michael Scott character, and maybe part of it is because we didn't know these characters were getting to know them because it's literally the beginning of the show. But I felt like his awkwardness came off more as him being a jerk mm-hmm. and made him very unlikable, in my opinion. You know, by, by the time he left, you know, but people talk about his exit being one of the most emotional in recent television history. You know, my girlfriend's a huge Office fan, and she will not watch that episode because she's like, it just makes me too sad. Yeah, right. But yeah, the in the first season, and you while you mentioned uh, Diversity Day, that okay. was the the first one where I was kind of like, okay, this is this is kind of funny, you know, when he signs his release form as as Daffy Duck, which was yeah. still one of my, to me one of like low key funny moments. He's like, he walks out and he reads the paper. He's like, I promise with an open heart, and he goes and signed Daffy Duck. <laughs> Just the delivery of it was was great um but another thing that i wanted to talk about too and this was a recurring thing with the show the cold opens Mm -hmm. you know it kind of reminded me of cheers in a way where they would have the the open that may not have had much to do or anything to do with the actual story of the episode what Mm -hmm. what were some of your favorite cold opens that you can remember off the top of your head because i'll i'll throw one out there that makes me laugh like almost puts me on the floor every time when michael scott learns that his phone has a pa system and he starts talking throughout the office (laughs) he's he's like we'll be flying in an altitude of two stories you know (laughs) things like that or toby flenderson to the principal's office I think for me, that has uh, Jim and Dwight pranks are, are always my favorite. I, I love the two of them together. And that's um, so any cold opening that has, I think the, uh, the gift wrapping his desk uh, most. And that's my absolute favorite. When he sits down at his desk and it just falls apart <laughs> because it's not his desk. Yeah. But it was great. <laughs> My my favorite is probably the one where um, Dwight does the fire drill, and he you know he, he heats up the doorknobs and he uh, he has smoke. He sets fire into a trash can, and, and it was the the funniest thing because everybody loses their minds. That's the, yeah. Michael's trying to, to break the window open with the chair. Uh, Kevin is in the break room stealing snacks. Uh, Angela's like, save Bandit, and the cat flies through the roof. It was one of the greatest moments of television ever for me. I think uh, if I had to pick another one, it's the lip sync battle, where uh, the entire opening is them doing the, I can't remember the song, but... Um, I think nobody but me by the human beings yeah Yeah. that is probably my favorite cold opening of the show another one of mine is where he hires the asian actor to play (laughs) jim 
And it's like, what are you talking about? I'm Jim, you know, and he even went so far as to change the family photos of him and Pam to have him and, and the actor. And it's like, (laughs) I can't even go into it because I'm hyperventilating. It's a always, Oh, and when, when he went in dressed as Dwight. Yep. That's where we get the catchphrase uh, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Yep. It's fun going back and watching the episodes now because you see all the memes and the gifs. Like you mentioned the fire drill one when Michael runs out of his office. Oh my God. Okay. It's happening. Like I see that. I've seen that posted on Twitter so many times and it's like seeing it in the actual context just makes it so much better. Nobody blanking panic. Uh, uh, mentioning the the lip dub, which I want to reenact that one day. I think it would be awesome to just get a group of people to to redo that or do something similar. It would just be so much fun. But when Dwight's on Stanley's desk and he's kicking everything and he grabs the like the stuffed animal and bites its head off, there's a really <laughs> cool moment that he does, and I didn't notice this until I watched it on YouTube and I read the comments. After he you know creeps up in front of the camera and like licks the knife he walks in the background and he perfectly flips the knife in the air it flips like three or four times and he catches it uh by its handle and then sticks it back in its holster it was awesome impressive (laughs) i'm like man that was that was low-key kind of badass i really liked it the day you do that uh i would love to be a part of it oh absolutely uh, there, there's just something about like musical numbers to me that are that are just fun right yeah well and, and i can't help but think of andy when we talk about <laughs> musical numbers because uh remember when they uh took his phone and put it in the ceiling with his <laughs> barbershop quartet of himself singing all the parts of rock and robin (laughs) and he got so angry like just losing his mind and it was great Uh, i I don't know like i I like ed helms i thought he was hilarious in the hangover and i he has really good moments in the office but he was again one of those characters that when he was first brought in I didn't like him. Like he just came off as just this obnoxious, you know, like, yeah, yeah, he's probably in his mid thirties, but he still acts like the college frat boy and tries mm-hmm, way yeah. too hard to be cool. So I was like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know about this, but it, again, he grew on me by, by the end of the show. I think they character a lot because originally Ed Helms, was not supposed to be a recurring character, but he was a fan favorite, so he stayed around. And I think they made him more likable throughout the entire series. I didn't like him in the later seasons when, from the time that he became the manager on, um, mm-hmm. because he he seemed so inconsistent. Um, and, and I don't know if that's because I don't like to see him – you know what? No, I know what it is. It's just that he did a lot of things that seemed so out of character at that point. Um, like the whole Aaron thing. Um, 
it's it just I didn't like it. I didn't like him <laughs> during that time frame. But he left on the boat and just you know I know why they did it. I know why they did it because he had to go film the Hangover. Yep. But I hated the fact that he left Aaron <laughs> and just. <laughs> And and his responsibilities, and thought that he could come back and just get his job back and have Aaron back. And I don't understand the the thinking behind the writing there. There there, there could have been a better way. I think. I agree. I I wasn't a fan of the later seasons. Actually, they're okay. I mean, the final episode is is probably perfect. You know, I think it's the perfect ending to what they did. Um, yeah. But, yeah, everything leading up to it, I, I just, I don't know. There was a lot that they did in those later seasons that I just was not a fan of. Well, I thought, I, the, oh, go ahead, Josh. But I'm a fan of um, him and the show, really. I didn't like his character at all. And I think that's what kind of turned me off to the last few seasons. Mm. Yeah, and I will say... Mentioning the final episode, I, I agree. It's one of my personal favorite series finales, and it, it kind of brings everything full circle in the sense that I liked the storytelling through the documentarians. You know, you find out in the first episode that this documentary crew has been brought in to make a documentary about this, you know, small paper company. But it, in a way, it makes that form of storytelling and like how things unfold, and it's. The documentarians almost well, they do become characters later on because you had yeah. the the sound guy get involved. Sound guy and, Brian, yeah, sound guy Brian. Which I was glad that they finally involved one of them as a an actual character. Right. I felt like it was a little overdue, but I, I thought the way it was shot, you know, documentary style, some of its hidden camera style, it made for a unique way of telling the story through visual means and through the camera. Right. Well, you know, and and talking about how. You know, sound guy Brian came in later. They they kind of had sprinkled things like uh, much more subtle things, but sprinkled things like that throughout the series. For, like the episode where Pam is slowly figuring out that Angela and Dwight have a thing going on. She saw them uh, saw Angela buy two Baby Ruth bars, and. The cameraman sees that Dwight now has one of those baby Ruth bars, so he runs over to to Pam and she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Look over there!" <laughs> like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> you know that that kind of thing in the earlier seasons made uh, made that format so worth it that they they had a lot of things that they could do that they wouldn't be able to do otherwise if it was a traditional multicam uh, sitcom, right? And I, I don't know if The Office was the first to do it, but it's the one that I think of. I know Modern Family did something similar with the way they, they filmed their show. But when I think of that documentary style of storytelling in a narrative form, I, I think of The Office. And I, I agree in the sense that I think if you did it as a, a traditional multicam setup, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have part of its charm. Right. I mean, th there are a few things that make me, like, uh, question the whole thing. Like, you know, when Andy, on, on the Beach Day episode, which is one of my favorite episodes, Andy is floating off in the lake, um, at, yelling for help, and the camera crew is there because they're filming it, 
they do nothing. <laughs> it's like you could help the poor man; he could drown. <laughs> but uh, but you know, another one of my favorite parts that bring in the camera crew is when uh, Michael crashes into the lake because the GPS told him to, and he actually opens the door for the cameraman in the back seat to to save him. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. So yeah, I, I love that dynamic. For sure. Uh, Josh, Ryan Gregory says hi on Facebook Live. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, so uh, those who are watching on Facebook Live, feel free to throw in uh, the chat some of your favorite Office characters, uh, moments, whatever whatever the case may be, and we'll we'll talk about them here on the show. But um, what what are some of your, like off the top of your head, some of your favorite moments from the show because there, there are so many like there's so many funny moments there's so many actual like heartwarming and dramatic moments that you really don't expect from this type of show but uh josh we'll start with you what what are some of your favorite like overall moments from the show um anything involving jim and dwight is my favorite i love their relationship and how it kind of goes from they hate each other to their the best of friends, but no matter what, they continue the same of that. So pretty much any one of theirs is the best. Um, I like a lot of Kevin moments. Um, one of my favorite is when he spills the chili and he bring <laughs> it back into the pot and he just uses everything. Uh, uh, I've I never felt some- more bad for a TV character in my life. Right. That narration over the top of it, where he's saying how much this chili means to him, just... <laughs> sets it off yeah yeah um there's a few ryan moments that i like i don't like ryan that much but i think he you meant to not like him really yeah he's uh, he's kind of the villain of the piece yeah uh mostly i like the interaction between him and michael in the early episodes whenever he's kind of just shy and not knowing what to do um but I, that's kind of where i'm at is a lot of those wally you know, my favorite moments are all the touching moments, and it's weird, you know, because you think don't think a lot about sitcoms, and you know, when you think of touching moments, you think of you know a very special episode of Full House, you know that kind of thing. But like this one, one of my favorite ones is when Pam is in the uh, stairwell crying, and Dwight comes in, and the first thing he says is, "Who hurts you?" And he he attempts to to console her, and it was a wonderful moment of humanity from him that he ruins, of course, by suggesting she's on her period. <laughs> it's, it, it's, so there's that uh, beach day where Pam lets it all out uh, after uh, crossing the coals. The moment where Jim asks Pam out after leaving the interview was perfectly done. Where she's sitting there, you know, uh, putting her her heart on her sleeve, talking about how disappoint how disappointed she is that you know she's not supposed to be with Jim, but she's going to move on. And then while she's having that interview, he just pops his head in. Hey, do you want to have dinner tonight? Uh, and she's like, yes. It's a date, and it's like, and that look on her face was like, oh, finally, <laughs> this is gonna happen. Uh, when um, Michael 
steps on his George Foreman grill <laughs> um, and needed help immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just want crispy bacon and I don't have a butler. So, <laughs> oh my God. Just, I, there's so many great memorable moments. Um, when Kevin's shoes were stolen at the wedding because they smelled so bad. Um, just all of it, all of it. <laughs> I actually found a Funko pop of Kevin wearing the tissue boxes on his feet. That's I was like, stuff. I had to get it. It was just, it made me laugh. There's, there's one of him with the, uh, or I think it might be a Funko keychain where he has the, the pot of chili. And That's just looking you. at it makes me just have so much anxiety. Because like <laughs> you said, it's the drunk. narration where he's, you know, he's carrying it up the steps and you just hear him say, the trick is to undercook the onions. Everyone's going to get to know each other in the pot. And I'm just like, no. Uh, one of my personal favorite heartfelt moments is when uh, Jim and Pam find out that Pam's pregnant for the yeah. first time when there's no dialogue whatsoever you just see their reactions and you know what 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 the result is and then you know because right. they're playing the the volleyball game and Jim you know calls Dwight and says send in the subs and that was the end of that season and right. I didn't realize that until one of the more recent times that I went back and watched the show. Cause then I started paying attention to, you know, you're going through watching it on Netflix and you see like S five E whatever the case may be. And then the next one's season six. I'm like, that's a great cliffhanger. It really is. And, and you know, going back to that episode, I, 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 I hate the fact that I forgot Michael proposing to Holly. Um, Cause you know, Holly's, in that episode that you're talking about. So it's like the, the whole reason Michael leaves is because of this moment. And, but at the same time, it's so beautiful. He's found what he wants. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not, it's, it, it, it's not Jan. <laughs> uh, the dinner party episode. You want to talk about cringeworthy, right? <laughs> you know, that, you know that I have soft teeth. <laughs> and his flat screen TV that he shows everybody <laughs> and you can put it away if you need more room <laughs> I felt like every time that group got together for some type of after work activity something just awful happens because oh, then you have the, the Glee watch party <laughs> right <laughs> when Andy ends up what was it that he had? He had something of Gabe's, and then he just starts puking like crazy. It was it was seahorses, wasn't it? Yep, yep. it was seahorses. It, it was uh, one of the things that uh, one of the outside of the office. They don't have a lot of outside of the office episodes uh, that I really loved. Is the one where they had the fun run uh, for the cure. It's a long name for the race, but that was hilarious. It's like Toby's the winner. And, and he's like, where are we? Uh, about 5K from the office. Why didn't he make it a loop? <laughs> uh, Toby is like one of my more favorite of the... Because the, I, I classify the characters into two different categories. Like I put 
Michael, Pam, Jim, and Dwight, and, and Andy to a little bit of a lesser extent as far as like that upper tier of character. Yeah. And then you have the side characters like your Meredith, your Toby's. Mm-hmm. To- Toby is one of my favorites just because I, I, I feel like he would be a kindred spirit with me if right. he were a, a real character. But you got to love Creed. The man who grows mung beans in his in his drawer for a nice snack. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I think Toby and uh, Kevin are two of my favorites. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I had if I had to pick a favorite, I would say, uh, oh, you know, and I was thinking about this. It's probably Kevin because. <laughs> He's just so, I don't know, he's like a big perverted teddy bear, you know? <laughs> he's just so, I don't know. But, you know, he also, he's in a band too, so, you know, he has some sort of technical know-how. And uh, the um, and for a second secondary, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely, I'd say Toby. <laughs> because he's such a sad sack. He, and he just wants people to like him. It's like when he got episode? put. On. Oh, go ahead. Oh, the the episode when he reveals that he's on the the jury for the Scranton Strangler case, right? And then and then he's like, maybe. I mean, yeah, I know people are probably talking to me just because I'm on the jury, but once they talk to me, they might actually like me. Oh, that's so like poor guy, right? And you know, the episode where he you know kind of reveals to Pam that he has a thing for her, oh. but then like immediately runs out of the door and scales the fence <laughs> to, to run away. It's like, that's so sad. Well, just the like unhealthy hatred that Michael had for Toby. But I don't know yeah, that it was ever really explained why. Well, it's because he keeps on shooting down all of his great ideas. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think the first time we see him is in Diversity Day where or uh, could it be sexual harassment? One of the two. And it's because, you know, he's supposed to be the one teaching these classes. And Mike, Michael's like, this is boring. This is stupid. I hate you. Let's do it this way to make it fun. <laughs> and 11 times more offensive. <laughs> Michael's the fun guy and Toby's the anti-fun. Exactly. They're yeah. like a magnet that, you know, repel each other. <laughs> I can't remember the the reason why, but I remember Michael having to do was it like six hours of counseling, and he had to do it with Toby, and it cuts yeah. to them in the break room, and Toby's just kind of smiling, and Michael's just, <laughs> just like, <laughs> like I hate you, I hate your face. Start playing Connect Four, and he starts talking to him. Yeah, about his stepdad, yeah. or like his mom's boyfriend. He's like, yeah, he took me to a baseball game once. It cuts to Toby doing an interview segment. It's working. I'm doing it. <laughs> and you know, he's one of the writers of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I'll, I'll more writers of the show, actually. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. The ones that aren't in every shot. Uh, the ones back in the, the annex. Uh, in the annex is mostly writers. Yep. Like even uh, Mose, I think uh, Mose might have been a producer, writer, or something. And oh he, yeah, he, he's he was, that's uh, 
uh, the creator of The Good Place, too, uh, Michael Shore. Yep. Another very good show. His beard, he said that uh, the very first time you saw it, he actually had to grow that beard out, and he hated it so much that after that, it was actually a, a fake beard every other time. <laughs> well, I mean, he looks like a child even today, so I don't know. <laughs> He's something... He sold the soul or something to be that clever and, <laughs> and everything. Uh, somebody, you know, now that I think about it, we haven't talked a lot about Kelly, but I really, I really love her humor, the humor she has. I don't like her as a person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I love what she brings to the table is what I'm trying to say. Uh, just the, the whole, the, the whole thing where um, she basically gets on everyone's nerves and mm-hmm. especially Ryan's, who she's desperately in love with. <laughs> it's the whole, when, whenever he gets that job in New York, he hangs up the phone. The first thing he says is, we're done. <laughs> That's, and I'm like, okay, wow, okay. I think yeah. my favorite is when she smacks Michael in the first season. Right. <laughs> See, and I was going to say that that was one of, that that was the cringeworthy moment that I was going to bring up the 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 most cringeworthy moment for me. That is mine. Did that? Yeah. So we both were. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no coming back. That was the moment that I was like, "Why do we like this guy?" Because I don't. <laughs> well, it's because of because of that first season, the way they wrote his character, it's it's the most cringeworthy because none of the employees like him. They, ma- they actually made them nicer to him in the later seasons. So whenever they see him doing all this, they're like, who is this guy? They don't know anything about Michael Scott yet. So right. it's, the actions are a little bit more genuine and they're not as nice. So you just watch these characters react to the, what he's doing, especially right. Iss and everything else that he does in that episode. And I think the moment that really drove that home for me that they were trying to change his character to somebody we like mm-hmm. was the Halloween episode because you know he's he's in his condo uh he just recently got it and these kids come up and he looks so happy just giving the candy to all these kids and it's like well he's not a bad guy <laughs> you yeah. know and, and I think that was the moment for me that it clicked. And it was like, well, I, I really like this guy. I hope he succeeds. Yeah, that I think that's probably the turning point for me is when they made him more likable. Because he, he still has those awkward moments where you're like, what in the world is this guy thinking? But you know, like deep down, he's he has good intentions. Mm-hmm. But uh, my my most cringeworthy Michael Scott moment, and I, I had to look them up because there's so many of them. But mine would have to be when he kisses Oscar, <laughs> just because it was so long and drawn out. And I'm just like, oh my god! Like, Any other person would get fired on the spot for that, right? That actually it, scripted in the episode, so everyone's reaction to that was real. He did that on his own. He just improvised. <laughs> that's awesome yeah i mean it's it works it works so well because it's like the whole time i'm like oh no what is he doing he's gonna get walked out <laughs> yeah uh but man there there are just so so many like the to me the whole diversity day 
episode can count as its own thing. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> later, later in the uh, series run, he didn't have a whole lot of those cringeworthy moments. I think the only ones I can really think of, the the biggest one anyway, is when he was starting the Michael Scott Paper Company, and you know Pam's there, all professional, knocks on the door. Michael opens it, and he's in his robe, not wearing no an- underwear. And we know this because he sits down across from her and it has to blur out to everything. And she's like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. What did you do? <laughs> Doesn't he say something like, oh, hey, here's the hooker I ordered? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, in that same vein, when they're making the deliveries and he picks Pam up and Jim walks out and he's like, oh, Boner Patrol. Arrest that man. <laughs> Your donuts make me go nuts. <laughs> uh, oh, when, when he went over to the side of the dang uh, um, warehouse where all the warehouse people were on break and he was trying to get them to tell him, you know, jokes and, and, and to roast people and they just started making fun of him mercilessly and he's like, Okay, this isn't fun. No, this isn't great. I don't want. I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing. I mean, it's oh, and, and the fact that he kept on using those those incorrect uh, uh, slang terms that he was being fed. <laughs> yeah, I think the... uh, another one I think is when he breaks up with Pam's Muhammad on her birthday. Right in the car with them. I mean, come on. What are you doing? Before that, though, whenever Pam finds out that they're dating, I love that she runs all the way out to the parking lot and you just hear her go. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Uh, Michael Scott's love life like that could have just been its own separate series just because you had Jan who was certifiably crazy yeah which i i did like that they brought her back in the in one of the later seasons and she was still just as crazy as ever right well then you had uh donna then you had uh pam's mom you had carol who was his real wife yep yeah because she was the real estate that one ended (laughs) (laughs) photoshopping your head on her ex (laughs) <laughs> for your Christmas card. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say the first time I saw Holly and watched their interaction, I was like, those two are perfect for each other. And mm-hmm. you mentioned the proposal, even though they're speaking to each other in the Yoda voice, yeah. it is, it's perfect. It, it's it, perfect it, for their relationship. I actually like their, uh, their uh, his actual proposal to her whenever he was leaving the show better than Jim and Pam proposal. Yeah, you got the candles all in the office and the sprinkler down. Yeah. Down mm-hmm. and do the Yoda proposal. I, I think I like that one better than the Jim and Pam gas station proposal. The gas station, Agreed. it's funny because I heard that the gas station proposal was the most expensive shot in the office history. Yeah. Because they, have- they built the gas station. Why would you build the gas station? So they could get the shot they needed. 
Fair. Because they couldn't find anywhere where they could be far enough away for it to look like a a, um, a spy shot because that's how it was scripted. Yeah. And they needed to be able to uh, control the traffic and the rain and the contents of the gas station. So they were like, well, it's cheaper to build it <laughs> on a set than it would be to shut down the road, get the rain machine out there on location. You know, it, it was a big, big conversation. <laughs> also, another character that I don't think you could get away with today is the character of Todd Packer. Oh, Todd Packer. I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> they missed out on an opportunity to bring Paul Rudd in at the same time Will Ferrell was on to have those four together for an Anchorman reunion. That's true. That is true. That would have been amazing. Another one of my favorite moments is where, um, you know, the, the uh, store locations when they had to actually go, I think it was, they went to Florida. I think it was. And uh, yes, it was Florida because, okay. Yeah. Cause the whole Stanley in Florida thing. And uh <laughs> Who Stanley's another thing, by the way, that that I I, I love his character. But we um, we know that Dwight will get fired if he makes it to this meeting, and so does Jim. So he's wrestling Dwight to keep him from the meeting. So Todd gets all of the blame for it <laughs> and gets fired. And I love that because it shows how much Jim really cares for Dwight where he will get physical to stop him from being fired. Yeah. That's why I like Jim and Dwight. They're my favorite um, uh, two in the show out of every relationship there more than Jim and Pam, Holly, Scott, every, everyone is the Jim and Dwight relationship is my absolute favorite. When I love seeing their evolution, because they right. despise each other in the beginning, but then they turn out to be really good friends. By the end Jesus. of it, like it's that's Canada's wedding almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost. Uh, yeah, I I can't be the best. That that was another moment that I cried when. Yep. When Michael Scott showed up and it's like Michael, you came. That's what she said. <laughs> it's like, wow! I can't believe how beautiful that terrible moment was. <laughs> I do have given him a little bit more uh, lines and some more interaction with some of the, the office people. Uh, that was my only complaint about the last episode with Michael. It could have been a movie <laughs> in, my, in my estimation. You know, they didn't know he was even going to be on the show until yeah. the day he showed up. So, that, I mean, I, I thought that was interesting. They had it scripted two different ways mm-hmm. with and without him. Um, it, it's funny how there a lot of unscripted things made it to the show uh my favorite one being the the song that they sang to michael uh that's the uh the rent seasons of- yeah the seasons of love uh parody and uh because he didn't know that was going to happen <laughs> and you can see the genuine surprise on his face when he looked and said something's happening <laughs> and and then they went on with it and then the very next shot is him sitting uh, doing the talking head and he says this is gonna hurt like a <laughs> yeah it, it was it was great they so have the... a lot of 
like that where a lot of it's just improvised and not scripted um yeah I, I think that's why i like the show a lot too well it feels organic that way right yeah well and speaking on you know when michael left when it was revealed that he was leaving a day earlier than he told everyone but then jim figured it out and he was yeah. like you know you're absolutely doing the right thing and then him saying that you were the best boss i ever had it was like i i got like that choked me up a bit right. whenever that happened i was like is pam gonna get to say goodbye and then she shows up at the airport at the very end and the it very was very last second it was awesome that that michael took the the lav mic off gave it to the documentary crew you hear no sound again like having no sound in these moments plays a very powerful role right mm -hmm. but you see pam run at the very last second and him and her and michael hug you're just like okay you you may leave now you were at peace <laughs> you were at peace and then when he came back for the uh for the finale they're in the documentary crews interviewing him and he says to me one of the funniest lines that he said in the entire show and that's saying a lot but when he said it's at Dwight and Angela's wedding and he says, yeah, it's like watching your kids grow up and watching them marry each other. It's every parent's dream. <laughs> Airport. You know, I always wonder how uh, Pam was able to run through security to get to Michael so fast. <laughs> that, that's a good question. I, I did think of that too. One of the last times I watched it I was like, no airport in the country will ever let you go through security that fast. Yeah. Not even the, the tiny one we have here in Pensacola, you still have to go through it. So, yeah. But, um, what kind of touching back on something that we were discussing earlier, there were a lot of guest like guest appearances by other actors on the show, mm -hmm. especially. And one of the more clever ways I think they did it was when, Steve Carell left and they were trying to find Michael Scott's replacement because you brought in uh, Ray Romano you brought in Jim Carrey which that one shocked me when that happened I was not expecting Jim Carrey at all but then you know you bring in James Spader you bring in Will Ferrell which I, I want to talk about his character in a second but what what were some of your guys favorite like celebrity appearances whether it was a one-off or it was like a recurring run um, I liked Amy Adams in the very beginning um, I, I can't remember the name, but she played Karen. She went on to star in Parks and Rec, which is Rashida Jones. Yeah, yeah, which was going to be a spinoff of The Office until she got cast into it. Um, I'm trying to think. Will Ferrell was good. I like Jim Carrey. Uh, I I love James Spader, but I I did not like his character in The Office. I don't know what I just couldn't get into it. Um, and Kathy Bates. Oh, she was great. Yeah. I mean, you, you covered most of them, I think. Um, only one I can think of offhand is, uh, is Patrice O'Neill, but he was a recurring character. I think he passed away early in the series run though. So that might be why he wasn't on it going forward. Cause he was in, he was in the warehouse with Daryl. Yeah. And, um, it was so when it, the first time I saw it, I'm like, is that Patrice O'Neill? <laughs> you know, because I'm a huge stand up fan. And, you know, 
unfortunately, he was taken way too soon because he was flipping funny. And he's, he, that certainly was him. Um, outside of that, I mean, I can't. Now, now, now that I'm on the spot about that, I can't think of anybody. But um, I really liked Idris Elba's character. Oh, Idris Elba! I, I was thinking Minor. about him earlier. Oh my god, yeah, because because he was the great counterpoint to to uh, Dwight to the point where like he thought Dwight was it, <laughs> you know, and then he realized, oh, this guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Idris Elba moment was when Kelly and Angela like start to hit on him in the conference room, and it just cuts to him as the talking head. I'm aware of the effect I have on women. <laughs> Cut back to scene. <laughs> I, I just I mean, like him so much as an actor that whenever he was, he was cast... The, I, I wish he was just in the show, you know what I'm saying? Well, and then they brought him back for the 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 volleyball game, and then he was just like a, a full on jerk. Like at least when he was at Scranton, it was more like a I want to say clever way, but a little more subtle. Like you could tell he didn't like Jim from the beginning, right? But by the time you got to the volleyball scene, it was just like full on hatred for him. I mean, and I think it's because his reputation took a big hit from the Scranton office. And, you know, especially after having to negotiate the uh, acquisition of the Michael Scott paper company, um, which went terribly for him, uh, you know, he, he definitely wanted that revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did want to bring up because, Josh, you mentioned Will Ferrell's character. And maybe I'm in the minority by saying this, but. I could not get into the D'Angelo character. It didn't seem like Will Ferrell was necessarily playing it to his strengths. Like, he wasn't, to me, as funny as he should have been. And maybe it was just because he was playing a different character that it just didn't appeal to me. But it was, you know, like, after Michael left, he was like, okay, now I'm dad's gone, so I'm going to be a, a full-on jerk. But... Mm-hmm. I just, for some reason, I just could not get into his character. And it really disappointed me because I really wanted to, but I just couldn't. I look at him as more of as a uh, filler. Uh, I think they just used Steve Carell's relationship with him, possibly, to get somebody on the show after he left, just to add another name to get people to continue watching. And I, I just, I don't think he was really invested in as much as he was at the roles. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, they had a, a good run of of characters. Like you mentioned that you know you like James Spader but didn't like his character on The Office. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought his character was hilarious in that like dry James Spader type of way. But I think if you were to talk about like favorite guest stars, Idris Elba would probably be my number one. Kathy Bates would be up there too, just because it was like anytime she shows up on screen, it meant something. Like it was important. Yeah. Right. The episode where Dwight almost shoots Andy uh, was <laughs> was some of her best material. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like you, you shot a gun in the office, Dwight. <laughs> you know, just, she's stinking hilarious in that that episode. 
or when uh, Michael hires his nephew, and <laughs> oh. it's, it's like, why can't you let him go? I love him. How far is it gone? <laughs> that that was uh, another friend right there. When yeah, came over and spanked him in front of everybody. That. <laughs> <laughs> And Kevin's like, that was awesome. <laughs> and Stanley just over there was crossword puzzle. Texas yeah. Justice. <laughs> oh my God. The the moment just just it reminds me of the the episode where um it was like bring your kids to work day or some mess like that. And Stanley had his daughter there and she loved Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where it see Kelly got super jealous and told Stanley about it. So the the part where they're in the break room and he is getting he's chewing that ass. He's just yeah. Are you out of your mind? Have you lost your mind? Because I'll find it for you. <laughs> oh my Kelly god! It was a- favorite uh, moments like that where he just goes off on somebody right i mean and, and he has a few if you like that the, the one where he's like did i stutter <laughs> it's oh my god this is not good <laughs> another great open is involving him when they're everyone in the office is trying to find out like what's the limit that he can go to without noticing something because he picks <laughs> up jim's uh, cup of orange juice and drinks it as if it's his hot coffee right so they do things like put a a cardboard box over his computer monitor. Um, was it Ke- yeah? Kevin switches places with Phyllis. Andy takes his shirt off and is just wearing his tie. Yep. Dwight's standing there with a goat. It just <laughs> he doesn't notice anything. I love the, uh, the meatball opening. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's another just- good one. I mean, what, there's got to be better ways to hustle food. <laughs> uh, I had a, I had another open in my mind that I really liked, but it it just it just went out. I I, I got to mention some funny Creed moments because he's just so freaking funny when he and Jim are playing chess, and Creed's like, "I want to set you up with my daughter." Uh, no, I'm engaged to Pam. I thought you were gay. Then why are you trying to set me up with your daughter? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or when uh, so I, something happened to Dwight. So someone asked, like, oh, what happened to Dwight? And uh, Creed says, oh, he got decapitated. We had a funeral for a bird. Jim's like, none of that's real. And Creed says, you're not real, man. Uh, any of uh, Creed's uh, girls' bathroom scenes are good, too. Oh, my God. It's uh, the he, first he, time. There. <laughs> no. Uh, like, I pay uh, good money to just go to this bathroom. <laughs> or, the one where he very deep in, in, in excruciating detail describes the type, the strain, and the name of the marijuana that was on the picture that Dwight had, and he's like, No. It's marijuana. <laughs> I still think Creed with the uh, Scranton Strangler. Oh, it wouldn't know. shock me. I, it's like, oh, today's Halloween? Well, that's yep. good luck. 
and the blood all over his. <laughs> During one of the Halloween episodes, when he showed up dressed in like full Heath Ledger Joker gear, I was like, that, like, the costume detail was great. And the fact that he like walked right up to Oscar, let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> Kevin stands up looking terrible. I stayed up all night dressing up like this. I've been up since 4 a.m. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, there was one yeah. other. Oh, the um, I'm trying to remember the context of the episode, but uh, Dwight is like hanging off of a tightrope or like a wire or something between like a power line and the office. Yeah. And Kree's just standing there like eating popcorn or something. At the end of the episode, he's like, "Yeah, the circus was here," and then there was a Jim impersonator, a Dwight impersonator. I laughed, I cried, and then it cuts back to him as a talking head. Not a bad day in the life of a dog food company. <laughs> you know, the, the whole episode where he, he uh, there was a watermark that was an obscene cartoon of Mickey and Donald. And it was his job to go to the plant to make sure that that type of thing didn't happen. So he got somebody fired to, to cover his own butt. And he passes out a card telling everybody to put money in it and sign it and all that kind of stuff. And then he just pockets the money at the end of the episode and throws away the card. <laughs> uh, I love Creed. Speaking, speaking of just, just going back to that episode of the where they're trying to figure out who smoked the marijuana in, in the office. I... I I can't not bring up the part where uh, Jim is being interrogated and he turns the tables. It's like, like, uh, uh, it's like you took, when I came in here, I was under the impression that I was going to be giving the interview. How much pot did you smoke? <laughs> and twice like, well, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Oh man. But uh, as we start to wrap up here, I I've got, Two more things I want to ask you guys about The Office before we wrap things up. Least favorite character on The Office? Because my mine is easy, but I'll let... Um, Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, mine, uh, I, I'm definitely in the minority. and I, I know a lot of other people. Mine is actually Pam. What? Uh, really? Yeah. She, she is a, a very whiny a lot. She kind of gets in other people's business, but she doesn't like when other people get in hers. She, the way she strings Jim along, um, things she does with Roy. Uh, when Jim finds a chance to be happy, she crushes his dreams. Um, she throws the fit about uh, Michael dating her mom. Just a lot of things she does. She's a very nice character but she kind of inserts herself into a lot of situations where she probably shouldn't be. And um, she's kind of selfish in that way, in my opinion. I, and I think without Jim, I, I don't know if, I don't know where she would be in the show. She's kind of one of those characters there. It's actually a very interesting take on her. Cause I know she's like one of the most popular characters, but never heard the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. I like that. There's a, that actually kind of feel that way and uh, there's there's a lot more to it but we there's a we don't have that much time to go into her character really you know i understand it if you the thing is i don't really even see the past 
Michael leaving as being really the core show. So, yes, I don't like a lot of things that Pam did and what Pam became in those later seasons. But on the whole, I liked Pam. <laughs> you know, I just, I, 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 I do. I mean, yes, I don't, I really d- didn't like her being upset about Jim, you know, trying to go off and make a better life for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that take. At the same time, I don't, I disagree with it entirely, and I'm stopping this call immediately. <laughs> I will say another one is Andy, though. I, I don't really like the Andy character. Eh, I can see that. <laughs> Those are my two least. What about you, Wally? Uh, Nelly. Uh, God, I hate Nelly. Um, it, she seemed like filler, like, you know, packing peanuts to me. Like, you know, she was in this box full of all these awesome toys but she comes with the set. That's just how she feels to me. She brought nothing to the table. Nothing. And it's, it's, she, she was just stealing screen time from the characters I cared about. It's how I felt about it. Because what does she really do that changes course of the show? There's only maybe two episodes where she makes any kind of a difference. And those are the ones where she was the manager because she took over. Like, you know, she, she planted her flag and said, I am the one. I just don't like her. I don't like her at all. Uh, and if I had to, you know, if I had to, I'd pick Gabe. <laughs> I also hate Gabe for the same reasons. <laughs> There's He's a little better than Nelly, though, so that's why I didn't say him first, because Gabe at least has that, has some characteristics that would... You know, if it wasn't for the fact that I don't like what they did with Andy, he might not be as bad for me because, he, but he's associated with that part of the storyline mm. so much, the Aaron Andy thing. So if it wasn't for the fact that I'd hate Andy's final character arcs, Gabe might have been spared in my mind, <laughs> but no, I don't like him. Yeah, I, I like there are things about Gabe I like uh you know the whole him being weird experimental filmmaking the macabre thing but they don't go enough into it and or he just seems like he's from a different show to me is really what I'm saying yeah like I love that actor Uh, uh there's Avenue Avenue 51 I think it's called on HBO where it's basically it's basically a luxury cruise liner in space and they are um, severely thrown off course to the point where they, it may take like eight years to get home, that kind of thing. So uh, he's in that show and his character is hilarious in that show because he belongs to that world, you know, and it, it, with the office, it's like, you know, they, they put in, it's like they took somebody from a different play set, going back to my toy analogy, like somebody from a different, like put a He-Man in the G.I. Joe's. No, that is not how this works. It looks weird. Sure, it might be a cool crossover, but no. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense in context. I think with 
this kind of show, there's a lot of, you can find things you dislike about a lot of the characters in it. There's only a few that you really can say that you actually like, but a lot of people don't like Jim. I think he's yeah. associated. Um, a lot of people don't like Pam. I've even met people who don't like Dwight and Dwight's my favorite. Dwight's um, great. Oh, I love Dwight. Dwight. <laughs> Question, what kind of bear is best? Well, but, there are uh, two different schools of thought on that. <laughs> But no, my mine is very easy. Mine is Gabe. It, to me, he I agree See? with <laughs> I agree with Wally in the sense that he just seems so out of place. But just from day one, just that vibe he gave, and, I, and I, maybe that's what he was supposed to be doing. But the vibe he gave off was just so unlikable from the second he walked on screen for me. And it's the fact that he's so like low key, full of himself. And whenever when he starts dating Aaron and she's like, oh, I want to watch Wally. And then he's like, oh, I want to watch something else. But I found it's a compromise. And he finds this like other like horror themed robot movie. And I'm like, I think it was Chopping Ooh. Mall. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, you don't say no to Wally. Well, and that's the thing with that's another thing. I feel that he his relationship with Aaron was full of emotional abuse. And I don't like him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the characters you're not supposed to like are the ones that I kind of like, just because I think they're written for you to not like them. Um, I think that's why I like them more because they do such a good job making you not like them. Right. Well, that's more more the actors in my yeah in my opinion. It, you know, it's like. Um, I mean, I don't even know how to get get into it. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say uh, well, the last thing I wanted to ask you guys is, what do you consider to be the legacy of the office? Because I'm gonna, I don't know if you guys knew this, but this is actually the 15 year anniversary of when the office first premiered. Ooh, it it premiered in March of 2005, and it ended yeah. in 2013. So we're Still a little under a decade from the show ending, but it's still held in such high regard now, years after it ended, because of, I, honestly, I think it's its sheer rewatchability. You know, it's mm -hmm. one of those shows that I'll have on as background noise, but I'll still catch myself stopping and watching certain moments that happen. So we'll, we'll start with um, Wally. What do you think is the overall legacy of The Office? You know, it's interesting because different generations keep finding the show to the point where it, it keeps on having these resurgences of, of popularity. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was truly groundbreaking at the time to have a multicam like this where it's set up like a documentary. And there's a lot going forward that were like that are like that. You know, you mentioned Modern Family. Uh, Parks, and, Parks and Rec, which was supposed to be a spinoff. Uh, I mean, there are so many, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm is kind of like that, but it's not a documentary. It's more, it, it, but it does have more of a gorilla nature to it. So it's it's interesting to me that it is and, and because of its, the way it was shot, I feel that it has more staying power because Yes, everything is old. The cell phones are old. The you know the paper is old. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like 
it's very relatable in ways that everybody has a character that they can latch on to. You know, hey, I know a Kevin. You know, I, I know a Jim. I know uh, a Michael Scott, unfortunately. And, you know, because in, in your life, these people are not going to be good for you. <laughs> but at the same time, it's one of those, it's a lot of why I like the Kevin Smith movies is because you see people that you know in them. And mm -hmm. the situations are very relatable, especially it's kind of a graduate. It kind of graduates you from those Kevin Smith, early 20s, late teens vibe that you get from those into the workplace. You know, and now you have all of these things that are happening and people are talking in these different ways and and how you have this family at work that you were just thrown into. And you have to make it work. And I think that is what I took away from it because I, I definitely relate to that. Josh? Um, I, you kind of said everything I was going to say. I, I would agree <laughs> with like, actually just uh, how easy you can relate to some of the characters. And no matter how old you are, even generations from now, I think you can be at work and you can find, hey, there's a Dwight right here. Or there's a Jim right there or something. And I, I think that that's going to be something that sticks around forever. Well, I think it speaks to shows similar to that, like, you know, a Parks and Rec or, you know, I'll use Friends as an example, too. People love shows that they can relate to, that mm -hmm. you can see these moments happening in real life, or like you said, you know a Jim, you know a Dwight, you know a Ryan or a Stanley. God help you if you know a Creed. But <laughs> I do know a Creed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think, you know, and I, I know I speak for myself too, as, as someone who loves movies, who loves sh uh, television shows, those that, kind of speak to me in a way or speak to some aspect of something that I know I'm going to become more attached to and more interested in finding out more about I'll become more invested in the show or the movie, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I agree with both you guys. I think the legacy of the office is just the fact that it is so relatable in a way. And I think that's why people continue to watch it and why I think there will be quite a few Peacock subscriptions uh, mm -hmm. When The Office leaves Netflix, which is going to be kind of crazy because it's been on Netflix forever, as far as yeah. I can remember. Yeah. I really hope they don't try to reboot it. <laughs> like no. Doing. No, well, I, I think this is a bad time to announce this, but um, I have been conjured on <laughs> <laughs> Uh, breaking news, Steve Carell is confirmed to appear as Michael Scott in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Had to throw that one in there. Every iconic character. Yeah. I, I read, and I don't know if how reliable it is, but I did read that Willem Dafoe is in talks to return as Green Goblin. It was comicbook.com, so there is a 60% chance. Okay. There have been many rumors about characters coming back for uh, the new Spider-Man movie. I don't know right. what to I mean, Well, Jason and Wally are going to reprise their uh, Monsters Anonymous roles. <laughs> right. I don't know if you saw it broke on Twitter, but it, it, it is happening. Fat guy running is going to be definitely in it. 
<laughs> I mean, honest to God, there's probably a fat guy running in this movie, so you're probably going to see one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, do you guys have anything you want to uh, to plug? Uh, anything like website, social media? I know, Josh, you've got a, a cool event that you're uh, partnering with a, a movie theater over in Gulf Breeze here in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I'm working with uh, the Breeze Cinema 8 and Mr. Comics over in Gulf Breeze uh, for the new Wonder Woman event on December 27th, uh, 7.30. Uh, you can come dressed up as your favorite hero, your favorite villain, whatever, get pictures, meet some new people. Um, I mean, everything is going to be done in a safe environment and um, we'll do what we can. But um, keep your ticket stub for the events because you can go over to Mr. Comics and they're going to give a deal or whoever comes with this ticket stub. They might have some fun giveaways, everything else we're working on, trying to get a Wonder Woman to dress up, uh, get a picture with kids, things like that. Um, still working out a few of the details, but it should be a good time. Um, and then I got to throw it out there since Ryan's on here. Um, there's on YouTube, um, buddy of mine back in Missouri, he uh, wrote and directed a film called Halloween Kills that I was a producer on as well. So if you want to check out that, if you're a fan of the Michael Myers movies, it's a excellent addition that kind of ties in every one of the movies um, together and brings a nice ending to it. Um, also uh, check out darkness reigns on voodoo, Amazon prime and a few other things um, as an associate producer on that one. It's got Casper Van Dien and his wife, Jennifer uh, Winger and, few other people in it so it's a good one fantastic what about you wally uh, i mean you know monsters anonymous is still on amazon prime um you know i uh yeah that's it i'm at the big real oh i can't even say my handle i'm at the real big wall on twitter and uh you know i haven't done anything since like march or april Hopefully next year uh, things will get better so I can start doing stand-up without feeling like I was going to die. And uh, so stay tuned to my Twitter feed for that. I also have Facebook.com slash Wally is funny, but I never do anything there because, you know, it's Facebook. <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this roundtable. This was fun. I love talking in the office. Oh, absolutely. I do too. Uh, I'll talk about it any day. Cool. Well, uh, if you guys want to follow this show on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. If you want to subscribe to the show, just search for the Derek Diamond Experience on all podcasting platforms. And please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. If you want to check out my Patreon, I'm at patreon.com slash Podcast. And of course, thank you to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Thank you.